Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell, the podcast. Listen, the feedback has been amazing. And I think what I enjoy most about sitting in this chair is that I get to do a lot of the listening versus the talking, which a lot of people are accustomed to in terms of my always, you know, doing my event hosting and TV hosting. It's just so lovely to be able to sit back and to hear other people share their stories, their unique experiences with the hope that by doing so, it will resonate and give you, you know, some guide as you try to figure out life and your route and your journey uh, for yourself. This podcast is proudly brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken Zero Zero. And the reason why it was, it was important to get uh, brands that aligned with the mission and the objective and the purpose of the podcast was because, well, MasterCard believes in experiences that life offers you and how that makes life meaningful and heineken zero zero is all about reminding us that now you can now this podcast has been a a, a passion project of mine it's it's the baby that i always wanted to birth but i just didn't have the time and i could not do this without amazing partners and sponsors and i want to acknowledge toyota jamaica because i believe inclusion is not a nice thing to do it is a must thing to do and i thought it would be remiss of me to have these amazing stories and not have members of the deaf community um, hear them learn them share them and be inspired by them so i want to say a huge thank you to toyota jamaica for being my sponsor for facilitating sign language interpretation so you'll see tony aiken being our sign language interpreter for all of our episodes to spaces really and truly when i told them that I wanted to take the space from just being audio um, on the podcast platforms and making it into this physical space. Spaces came in and said, say less. I also want to acknowledge um, Breche, Beauty Brands by MDS, and of course, Go Shore Couriers for coming on and believing in the vision as well, because they've been a huge part of the experience, certainly behind the scenes. And last but not least, Concepts, my official production partner, for not just coming on and saying, we're going to do what you want her, but we're actually going to do even more. So the crisp quality that you're getting is because of commercial concepts or concepts. And I just want to say a huge thank you. So if you're just meeting me, by the way, for the first time, I am Terry Carell, and you can find me across all the social media platforms at Terry Carell. You can also visit terrycarell.com to find out more about me, see what other things and projects I might be doing. And of course, if there's anyone that you know personally, a part of your community that you think has an amazing story and they have a right to be in the seat and to share it with the rest of the, the rest of the world excuse me please go ahead and send us an email and we will try to follow up uh, we want you to be a part of the conversation so go ahead and use the hashtag tk redirection so the question is who is coming next to sit down in the redirection um, seat it is a lady who i met not too long ago but it is one defining decision one moment that she decided to make in her life that will send her journey on this amazing life and she's going to drop nuggets and gems from a personal perspective as well as a professional perspective and what she's going to show you is that you have the power to self-actualize but you have to put in the work you have to be intentional and she created history because that's what she did who am I speaking about? I am speaking about the incomparable, the amazing, the phenomenal Yanis Gentles. Season two of the Redirection with Terry Carell podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken 00. Hi, Yanis. Hello, Terry Carell. Welcome, welcome. How are you? you? I'm doing great. You I look. Cannot complain. You look beautiful. 
for the Thank people you. who are listening to the podcast on them podcast platforms and they can't actually see us because they're not watching it on YouTube, Abe. <laughs> You are beautiful, and not only that, you you actually complement the artwork Ooh. right in the back of you. Thank you, thank, thank you for you. for being here. Thank you for being in the redirection seat. I just met you recently. Mm -hmm. um, Red Stripe was having its you know strategic planning day, and then also mm -hmm. it was having its gala. Yes, and yeah. I had been asked to come and host, and. When I was told, you know, I'm going to meet the finance director, you know, I'm getting the different people, their roles. Mm -hmm. I remember you walking. Um, I remember you being in the room. You were around the table. And in mm -hmm. my head, I'm trying to look at all the faces going, so who is the finance director? <laughs> so who is the finance? Mm -hmm. And when they introduced you and I was like, oh, wow, that's lovely. But then mm -hmm. I heard you were working at the company for 20 years. And I said, the devil Oh, it's yes. a liar. <laughs> but what was interesting is that I found out that you came into Red Stripe as an as a graduate, as an intern. Yes. Talk to me about that start mm. as an intern. And then, of course, we're going to work all the way up to who you are now and what you've learned along the way. Sure. And I think perhaps, Siri, I want to go a little step before yes. even the internship. Because, uh, I mean, growing up, I wanted to have that, that title, Doctor, Doctor Yanis Jensen. What are you saying? And I remember all through prep school, all through high school up to fifth form, I still had that ambition, a pediatrician to be exact. Yes. And I remember going into sixth form, um, I, I didn't spend all my time diligently studying for my CXCs. Um, I think my mother might hear this at some point, so I'm confessing. Confession is good for, for the, the soul. soul. So I didn't spend all my time studying, so I didn't do so well in my sciences. And mm -hmm. actually, I had selected to do biology, chemistry, physics, and I tacked on some accounts because I could. Um, so somehow they saw it, you know, that it's possible for me to do all the subjects. Right. But I was not so interested in, in focusing all of my efforts in getting ones and A's in all of them. Right. Anyway, so there I go to my interview with Sister Mary Catherine. I'll never forget. And she said, well, Yanis, if you want to still pursue sciences, then I, you know, I wish you all the best, but you'll have to do it somewhere else because Ooh. we are not so strong in the sciences. So I would suggest if you want to really perfect your art in that field, right. then you will have to change schools. And I thought to myself, no, no, no. My, all my friends are here. This is my, the Immaculate Conception yes. High School for Girls. I'm not leaving. So tell me what I can do if I were to stay. So that I can stay. So I could stay. And there came accounts and economics. And that was my then chosen field from there on. Wow. So that's really where it started. So you didn't actually see yourself, you know, pursuing accounting. But you decided that if you and your clique and your crew mm -hmm. are going to stay together. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But we'll just do a thing. Oh, yes. Tell wow. me what I can do. And that was it. That's where I started. I did not ever at that point have a passion for accounts, a passion for finance. It was never there. But I had a passion for friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I selected at that point. But it's funny because um, the Lord works in mysterious ways, right? And so even if I hadn't selected it for myself, there's a reason he pushed me in that direction. Absolutely. And today I have no regrets. So I went into university, I attended UWI, again yes. with my group of friends. And one of my friends, um, who I'm still very close with today, so mm -hmm. these bonds last a lifetime. Yes. She said, um, Yanis, let's do um, management studies and accounting, major and minor. I said, okay, let's do that. Did you give it much thought or you were just kind of saying, all right, let, let's... Yeah, it seemed hurt. like the natural progression, mm -hmm. so I did it, and my friend was doing it as well, so we had company going in <laughs> at it together. And that same friend, I think one year into our course, said, let's upgrade to a double major for management studies and accounting. Ooh. I said, oh, okay, this is getting interesting. Ooh. But yes, let's do it together. And then that same friend again at the point when Red Stripe actually came to UA to do yes. a presentation, they had always had interns before in, in, in the supply chain side of the business or in commerce, in marketing and sales, but they had never had it in finance. So this first year they decided to have interns coming into finance. They came and visited UA and had the big talk. 
And we said, okay. Renee, and this is the name of my friend, Renee, said, let's apply for the internship. Why not? Why not? And just like we had done before on several occasions, we did it together. Both of us applied for the internship. Now, at that same point, of course, you know, you're coming straight out of university. You're looking for a job. You're not looking for necessarily for your long-term career aspiration. Right. You're looking for a, a job. Start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I had applied also to an audit firm. And I got accepted into that audit firm. And that's where I really started my career, per se. Nice. And after I had gotten that role and started with the audit firm, then the, the role at Red Stripe came up as the graduate intern as well. And I remember we went through the interviews. Then we both got called back for the assessment center. But hold on. Let me ask you this. Before you even get to that, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. So you already got accepted in the, in the audit firm. Yes. And you get called, you get called and you're acknowledged for your application to the graduate internship for Red Stripe. Yes. And you decide you're going to still give it a go. Oh, yes. Even though you're at the audit firm. Oh, yes. Why? Because, and I have to be very honest with you, Terry Carell, <laughs> Red Stripe, iconic brand, parties, uh, beer. Coolest, coolest, coolest beer company beer in the world. Company, with my friend, audit firm. <laughs> Well, so when so. you put it, when you put it that way. So for me, it was a natural choice. Yes. You know, there was no doubt about it that if I received that opportunity to go to Red Stripe, it's one that I could not refuse. Yes. So we went through the interviews. We both got called for the assessment center. So we both went on to the next step. And I remember being at home that day and Renee calling me and saying, Yanis, did Red Stripe call you? I said, no, I, I did not get a call. She said, well, they just called me and I'm in. So, of course, I'm oh, super excited and happy course. for her. But I'm also thinking to myself, thinking to myself, oh, oh my no. God. Renee, gone, leave me now. And I didn't <laughs> get the work and I'm stuck at the audit firm forever. I mean, a bit exaggerated. Of course, but that's how it feels. Of course, you know, it was a big deal to, to, to actually hear that she had gotten called and I hadn't. And then just after we got off the phone together, I received the same call. And I was so excited. I was so happy and so proud of myself and proud that we had both made it together. into the internship together, coming from grade seven at Immaculate throughout high school, throughout university, and now going into the same company Beautiful. in the same program. So that's where it really started. That's insane. So tell me about you guys getting this opportunity, you, as you pointed out before, you're now in a company that represents a global brand. Mm -hmm. Was it intimidating? Was it after you got in, you went, whoa, did I just leave the bird in the hand to come here? Like, what, how did mm -hmm. you transition into this new space, new world as an intern? Yeah, I can tell you, um, Terry Carell, that going in as an intern, you go in as a group. Mm. So you already have sort of this base, this family of people that you are joining together on the same day. You would have seen each other before at the assessment center. So yes. you would have met and had certain talks and discussions and started to really get to know each other. And then I had company who I had also grown up with right. from seventh grade. So it was not as bad a transition as it could have been had you gone in alone mm -hmm. without that sort of foundation that you, you stand firmly with mm -hmm. in terms of that friend group or even just the acquaintances that you had met along the way. Right. Um, and Red Stripe was extremely good at taking care of their interns as well. Nice. Taking care of in terms of helping them to integrate into the company, but also helping them to learn, to grow, to develop. So I didn't have uh, big challenges in that respect. What was intimidating was some of the directors that I had to support. Yes. <laughs> so uh, there was one in particular, Lord, I'm afraid, 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 afraid. Every time I'm to bring a report to her, I was scared yes. out of my mind. And, and what was it about her? Was it tone? Was it body language? Was it attitude? What, what? was it that made it her everything. intimidating? And she just had a sense of authority mm -hmm. when you spoke to her. And when she spoke, you had to, you had to stop yes. and listen yes. and give full attention. And she would ask the right questions. The right questions at the time felt like the tough questions right. that you just couldn't answer. And if you couldn't answer, you feel shame. <laughs> But, you know, she, she really 
pushed us mm -hmm. and pushed me in particular to to stand up and grow and and strengthen certain muscles mm -hmm. that I would not have had had she behaved differently. Beautiful. It's interesting yeah. how how um, sometimes persons come in the form of mentors yes. and sometimes we don't always realize that they are mentors mm -hmm. and the impact that they have on us. Um, in what way or what characteristic is uh, did you develop or was strengthened within you because of her direct impact? I think learning to speak up, to have a voice. Mm. So no matter what level you are in the business, no matter if you are the only female standing in the room, mm -hmm. um, no matter what age, what color, you have a voice that's important for you to be heard. Um, so for me, she, she taught me that just by being herself. So she didn't even have to sit and have a mentorship conversation with me. She's leading but by just example. By lead, yes, leading by example, I realized that you can be a strong woman mm -hmm. in the business place and you can have the life outside of the business place right. as well with your family, but still come with that power that you can harness as a woman and make sure that that is felt throughout the organization. That's actually quite profound. Um, and it's something that I speak to my daughter about a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I said self-advocacy, mm -hmm. you know, being able to not speak in the room or to be the loudest or to speak just because you want people to hear you but if you know that you have something to say that will add value mm -hmm. or if you have something that you believe is 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 needed to challenge yeah then you must be okay with doing that and doing yep. it in a manner that is of course respectful and honorable mm -hmm. but not being afraid and not being small and saying i am not worthy oh yes of hearing my voice or having others hear what i have to say so i think that was probably one of the most that's a very that's a very profound answer so you and yes. renee going pee pee cluck cluck yes. along the way was the experience the same for you guys or did you have to report to different people or different groups you know how what was the dynamics considering you guys were doing everything together yeah. even up into to the internship yeah um so so actually we decided eventually to take different paths i stayed in finance Renee actually went on to commercial side of the so business. So she redirected. Oh yes. What? Oh yes. Um, so so she went into marketing and sales. She did both at yes. some point um, in her time at Red Stripe. Um, but through it all, we were always still doing things together. We actually even started a business together eventually with two other friends. So to this day, we are still uh, close friends, um, no matter what different paths we have decided to take. That is amazing. Now, mm -hmm. you did not stay at the level of intern. No. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the transition from intern um, to the next level. Yeah, so at the end of the internship, one of my proud moments at Red Stripe, um, I was offered a role to stay with the company and I was, it was super exciting. It's Can what you every imagine? intern wishes, actually. You have gone through this 20-month period of doing so many different things because it was rotations across finance areas. Um, you've done a big project that you had to present to the executive on. And then you are say, told, um, you have a job with us. We want you to stay with us. It's a feeling like no other. Um, and you know, you're young and, and vibrant and ready to serve. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I was ready to serve. So it was exciting to start a new role. I'm no longer an intern. I'm big things in yes, the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big woman now. Big woman. Yes. And, uh, you know, you start to look at really what do I want to do eventually? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's a little bit of that in the midst of enjoying the time that you're spending Come being in. with the coolest beer company. Um, and then that was in what we call supply chain side of the business. I even went as far as learning how to brew the beer so i studied the brewing and packaging and you know was that all optional that. was that yes, optional it was huh. it was but when you want to be a, a strong a solid business partner for the persons in the function you want to learn as much as you can about what they do see feel and live every day so that you can really provide the right advice the insights that they're looking for i appreciate and you that. can relate i appreciate what you just said a while ago about being the um, a business partner mm -hmm. um, oftentimes we 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 are working for the same company and even though we're working in different departments and divisions 
at the end of the day, what we are are support systems oh, for yes. each other, for the entire body oh, yes. to work. All the organs have to function. But there is something profound about looking at someone else mm -hmm. who is carrying out a role as a business partner. It means that we are in this business together. together. It's yes. not my function versus your function, oh, yes. and that is your problem, and it's not my problem, but understanding that we are in this together, and whatever happens to you mm -hmm. impacts me, oh, and yes. what happens to me impacts you and i think i actually i think that's one of my biggest takeaways so far even yes. when you just uh mentioned it but you also mentioned before you transition having to make this big presentation mm -hmm. to the executive board talk to me about what that is like simply because i have a lot of persons who are watching or listening who are young professionals mm -hmm. or young students heading out into the professional world yes. there are a lot of expectations on their side and there are a lot of expectations on potential employers mm -hmm. what were some of the things that you realized you had to learn very quickly so you spoke about speaking up self-advocacy from yes. that particular director but in going through this program and learning sure and then having to do this presentation, what are the things that you realize, no, this have to fix, you have to mm -hmm. do this, we have to develop this, and you don't have five years, 10 years, mm -hmm. it needs to be done very quickly in a very accelerated space. What are they? So I think I'm gonna start with preparation. Hey, I love There that is word. nothing you should be going into unprepared. And preparation does not only mean that you sit in your corner and you Google something. I know we're quite sharp on Google these days. Everybody is quite learned on, on, on everything because you can easily Google it. So prepare yes. by doing your research, by tapping into the resources around you. Mm. I joined the company. There were many people who were there before me. And there are people who know all the ins and outs. They know all the things theoretically and practically. Yes. So I couldn't prepare for presenting a project without even talking to those people who are coming from a place of knowledge, wisdom, and authority on the topic that I needed to present on. So that is one thing, the preparation piece. And then the other thing I just tapped into, using the resource that, resources that are available to you. Mm. So don't think that your resources are the only coming from your head. Aha. Yeah, and it, I, it's, it's a lesson that I have taken with me, I think, throughout my entire career. Yes. Leaning into the people that are there to also support you on your journey. Mm. There's no journey that you go on alone. You should never feel that way. And if you're feeling alone, then that means that something has to change. So there are people who have always been there for me. Mm -hmm. And I had learned, even preparing for that project, to use those people to help me, to support me, to support them as well, because they, it, it, it has to be a mutually beneficial relationship Correct. in anything you do. But I was able to get their support in that moment to help mm -hmm. me to prepare for that project and do a darn good presentation yes. on top of it. The other thing that I would say is to be prepared for the questions that come and know that in some moments, the questions that are asked, you will or will not know the answer. Yes. So do not lose confidence. So, so go in confidently, but do not end up losing confidence where you slip up along the way mm -hmm. or you're not so sure. Be very transparent about that. One thing, honesty is really is the best, best policy. policy. It seems like it's a cliche, but honesty is always the best policy. So if you don't know, don't go muttering and uttering all sorts of things that do, yes. you know, you're not so sure about. Because that's also when you lose your confidence. When you say something and someone challenges you and then immediately you're flustered because you know you was talking something you don't know about Correct. in the first place. And it also challenges your credibility, I oh, think. Yes. So, you know, there's the confidence on one point, on the one, one side. Mm -hmm. But it also challenges credibility because... If the, if the person who asked the question also realizes or the persons realize that you don't know the answer, mm -hmm. but that you would rather try to make up something mm. rather than state, I do not know, then can I trust you when there are big decisions oh, yes. to be made? Will you take accountability if something goes wrong or falls apart or will you displace blame or come up with something oh, that yes. you believe will be just the better answer. So I think mm -hmm. confidence as well as credibility for oh, sure. Yes. For sure. Will be for sure. You know, attacked. Absolutely. And imagine as a finance director with no credibility. 
it doesn't work. Exactly. And I think probably the last thing I would say is that you will not always have agreement. Mm. So even going into the presentation, you know, you you think, yes, I'm going in with the best plan for the business that I can share with the exec in this moment. They will accept it. It's going to be a huge yes and a resounding huge success. success. <laughs> but guess what? They are executives yes. because they have come this far, learning along the way, mm-hmm. understanding the implications of things that you perhaps don't even understand. So when you go in and they challenge you or say no to some aspects of it, do not take that as, as, a, as an attack on what you have brought, right. but a challenge for you to even look for other things open your perspective, think about different scopes that you can look at instead and come back to the table with something that's even better, yes. having listened and put all of the pieces together. Beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, fantastic. I wish I could have been there. I like mm-hmm. a fly on the wall with you presenting yeah. as an intern. Were you nervous? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and after you did the presentation, was it as bad as you thought it would have been or was it as um, nerve-wracking as you thought it would have Man, been? I, I, I'm not even so sure. I cannot even tell you, Terry Carell, going into that room with this big panel of executives yes. to present, you, you know, you hope the slides will work. You hope the props that you've brought with you yes. will work. You hope they will say, yes, this is a brilliant idea. So you're nervous. I was nervous, certainly, throughout the entire presentation. And at the end, I was like, Lord, please don't let them ask me any questions. Please don't let them ask. I but think they we're all like always that. ask always. questions. Always. And even today, when I go into town hall meetings, I'm always bracing for the questions <laughs> that will come from the team on the floor. Yes. Um, but I think at the end of it, you feel a sense of relief, but mm-hmm. also a sense of accomplishment. Absolutely. You know, I did it. I stood strong. I was confident in my delivery. People were engaged and, and interested in what I had to say. And at the end, when they tell you it was well done and you get the feedback as well, man, you just, you just, icing gotta on brush, the cake. You just have to brush out them shoulders. Oh, yes. So, mm-hmm. you, so you do the program and now you're being asked to consider staying. Like yes. We have a role for you. What's next for you? And was there anything else that you now had to do, even though you had already started to develop mm-hmm. certain um, professional skills and even personal skills mm-hmm. as an intern? What did this new level that was unlocked now mean for you as a professional? Yeah, it's so, so that's really when you start to feel recognized mm. for what you bring to the table. Um, yes, you went in as an intern and they saw you coming straight out of university as capable of coming in and doing the job. But then when the responsibility and the accountability increases, you know you have to step up to yes. the plate and do your best. Um, I remember I was telling you earlier in life, I was not so focused some of the times when I should have been. Yes. And I think at that point, mm-hmm. I realized... Yanis, this is an opportunity that you have to go full hundred for. You have to be the best at what you're doing and you have to decide what your long-term aspiration is and garner the support to get there. So you're talking about intentionality now. That is when I really became intentional about what I wanted to do with myself, particularly in Red Stripe and leaning again into my resources that surrounded me to help to push me along on that journey. And that role was what? The one that you just That one was a supply chain finance analyst. A supply chain finance analyst. Yes. But you wouldn't stay there and you didn't stay there. How did you transition to the next level? And then what was that level? What was that new role? Mm -hmm. And what did that new responsibility mean for you? So let me tell you, first of all, there was a role. So after I had spent a couple of years in that uh, analyst role, another role came up and it was a role as a manager, logistics and distribution finance manager. And I said, well, a role is here. I need to get a promotion, so I'm going to apply. And I applied, along with other people, of course, in the organization. And I remember I was so confident going into that interview. Yes. And when I finished the interview, I said, I must get the work. A mines. A mines. mines. <laughs> and then I remember getting the, the, the call into the meeting where I was told I did not get the work. Wow. 
And my colleague, who was also in the supply chain team at the time with me, was the person who was the successful candidate. And I remember what the, the, the question that they told me that, I, that she did a better answer for. And I thought to myself, my God, for that the little question there. They boots me I? just because... But and anyway. And how did you manage that? Understanding that you are capable, you are competent, you understand how much you have worked, you have mm -hmm. doubled down, you buckled down, mm -hmm. you pulled up your bootstrap. You even said that you were learning how to be a business partner and mm -hmm. understanding the functions of other people and even the brewing of the product. Mm -hmm. So you mean you don't get the work? That, that, that's, a, that's a both. Mm -hmm. um, that's a professional and mm -hmm. even a personal both. How do you take it mm -hmm. filter what you need mm -hmm. and move on without it causing resentment which yes. can happen yes jealousy which can happen or this comparison of but me better mm -hmm. mm -hmm. how so what i can tell you helps when you get very clear feedback as mm -hmm. to the why so all along you know where they're working together I never saw myself as being better mm. than my fellow interns who had come in or my colleagues within my team. And when I went to that feedback discussion and they said, you know, this is what she said that you didn't say, it was crystal clear for Got me. You. So I, yes, I had my moment of disappointment because of course you go after a job, you don't go after a job if you don't want of it. Of course. So you, and you always want to win. I always want to win, mm -hmm. but I could understand why I did not come out the winner in that moment. What I also knew is as your, your granny would have said, what for you, can't feel. So I know that was not for me. Uh. And so I sat down and I thought, what is it that is for me? What do I want next? What, how do I make sure that every single role I move into is a role that takes me to that point in the future that I want to yes, land on. So I don't just apply for a job because a job becomes vacant or you just and want it's a, a promotion. promotion. Mm -hmm. No, I apply for it because this is the path I need to take to get to this spot in the future. And that's how from then I've always managed my career decisions um, and being very, as you said, intentional yes. about where I go, what role I take, who I speak to, yes. what I tell them, and making it super clear about what I want at that end date. That is amazing, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because you would have been young at the time. You, I mean, we're still young anyway. Let me just oh, say yes. that. Let me Thank just say you. that one more time. Mm -hmm. We're still young anyway. Mm -hmm. But when you would have been at that in that role, you still would have been super young mm -hmm. and, and young in the in the in the company as as well and one of the the surveys and one of the statistics that you know are always shared is that one of the things that women where women and men differ for uh between is the fact that women tend not to state with mm -hmm. clarity what their intentions are mm -hmm. the promotions they're interested in the roles they're interested in mm -hmm. they say that they're too very big differences between men and women when it comes to <laughs> professional advancement. Mm -hmm. um, the definitely the one that everyone knows is the one when you get that job description or there is a vacancy in a particular role, a man, even if he's not qualified or does not check all the boxes, yeah. he will still apply for the job. Yeah. Even if he makes three out of the eight requirements, whereas a woman, even if she meets nine out of the ten will wait until <laughs> she's fully qualified mm -hmm. in order to apply that's number one and number two it is that a man tends to say hey so what role is coming up yeah i you know i want to be the ceo yes. in the next yes. seven years whereas a woman believes that it's always okay that your work will speak mm -hmm. for itself mm -hmm. without clearly stating and so many times promotions come and when women say well I thought I would have been even considered a lot of the times uh, executives and board of directors will say, well, you never ever made it known yeah. to anyone that yeah. you were interested. And because you didn't, you just simply were not considered. Mm -hmm. How important is it oh. to say and to state very clearly? I might be here now, mm -hmm. but I want to get there. Yeah. What I can say is, if I had not done that, I wouldn't be where I am today. So at that early age, 
at that younger younger stage younger of life, <laughs> I said it very clearly. I said I'm going to be the fine dance director here in Red Stripe. There had never been a local FD in Red Stripe, uh, worse, a local female FD in Red Stripe. And that, uh, for me, was even an inspiration to say, I have to become the that first person. female local FD in Red Stripe. There was no doubt about it in my mind. And I remember, so that time we were, were under a previous ownership from another global organization. And every time we had a visitor coming into the, the operating company, I had a chance to speak to that visitor. Yes. Because, you know, you're working hard, you're showing yourself as capable, you're seen as top talent, of thankfully. Course. Thanks, God. And so every time they came, they wanted to meet with the top talents. And every single person that came, I told them, I want what to become intention. the finance director at Red Stripe. Tell me what I need to do so that you and your people will see me as that person for that job. Stop playing. I kid you not. Eh? I, I remember showing um, my team a document I had drafted years ago, or a decade ago perhaps, or even more, where on that document, I wrote it down. I said, this is my aspiration. I want to become the finance director of Red Stripe. And if that means I have to go out and come back, I'm going I to do, do that. It. But my ultimate goal is to be FD at Red Stripe. So now that we know your intention and mm -hmm. you are, are clearly saying that it is one thing to know your intention, it's another thing to verbalize it mm -hmm. and to not just verbalize it to in places and spaces and pockets that it's just not going to do anything but mm -hmm. strategically saying it to the right people. Oh, yes. You didn't get selected for the... Um, what the was logistics it? The, the logistics and distribution. And distribution. So then yes. how do we know adjust yep. to say okay we're going somewhere else because you had to be promoted yes. in order to get closer yes. to the goal tell me about that yeah so so it, it, it so happened that there was another role that yes. i set my eyes on so I, I knew that there was a path i had to take so i had to become more senior in terms of doing a managerial role whether mm -hmm. that had direct reports or not i knew i had to lead a team I knew I also had to, to, again, go out and meet with different stakeholders, engage with different people outside of 214 Spanish Town yes. Road yes. to learn new things. And I knew that I had to convince my stakeholders who were senior in the organization, Heineken now, yes. that I was the right person for the job. So there came the manufacturing finance manager role. And I said, this is the role for me. Yes, ma'am. And that was the role for me because I was selected for that role. Nice. And it was not even an application process for that role. And that was the role that I went into next. Then came the reporting manager role. And what we had at the time, we had a supply chain business. So that's where they do all the brewing and the packaging. Right. And then you had what we call the, the in-market company, the demand side of the business. So that's where the sales and marketing and HR support and so right. on sit. And so that was the next role for me, the IMC reporting manager role, because there I would start with my first little team of three people reporting right, people who me. you now have to manage. People who I now have to manage, people whose interests now I had to put alongside mine. So I was no longer doing this alone, delivering alone. It was now me working with my team, delivering through my team. And I was so proud having gone into that team, that we were eventually recognized as the best support team in the business. You're kidding. So, you know, it was an awesome journey. And where again, I don't mm -hmm. mean to cut you. What, and I know that each time that you, each time you climbed, mm -hmm. you learned. Yes. And each time you learned, you applied. Yes. And each time you applied, you refined your process. And you master the process. Yes. I'm already, I already know how you stay. Oh, yes. Moving from a role um, that was individualistic, you know, it's, it's, it's really me, mm -hmm. to now managing a team because we've seen talent who is mm -hmm. extremely good individually. Mm -hmm. But then when promoted, because naturally you're like, wow, talent is great, talent is an asset. Let's now move up to a managerial part to process. Mm -hmm and to manage people, processes, systems, outcomes, targets. Utter epic failure. Yes. Does not work. And it's almost like this is madness. Yes. What are some of the things, if there were any things, 
you had to develop develop or to refine mm -hmm. now not as individual but as manager oh yes you see one of the biggest challenges we have is think we can conquer the world on our own facts you can never be no man is an island as we say you cannot do it all by yourself and when you have a team you have to develop sort of that trust in others that you want to achieve the same goals. Mm -hmm. You want to align, you want to collaborate, and you want to deliver something bigger together than what you can do by yourself. And one of the, the, the key characteristics that comes with that is remembering you have two ears and one mouth. So you need to listen more. You have to develop the skill of Active listening, not listening to reply, not listening when you've already formed your own opinion and you know the right thing already, so no team can tell you what to do. Oof. You have to listen to understand and then to act after you have understood. So, you know, you start with your new team and you, you, you set yourself there as the person who is there for them, with them not just above them Oof. and you listen to their concerns you listen to what they think needs to happen in the team for it to be a strong team you decide together how you're going to make it work in the best way yes you agree on the goals that you will set you agree on professional business but also personal goals because it's about supporting the development of the team Correct. as well it's not just for you to grow your team has to grow with you for you to continue to be a strong leader and it's not about just managing results. It's about leading people. people. Woof. You understand? So, so that you is get what best. we decided. And then you just mash it up and you mash it down because you yeah, guys man. were the best support. Yes. But we still have to go further. Oh, yes. At any point in time, did you ever believe that maybe this goal is just too big? And never. the reason why? Never. Oh, yes. Never. Yes, I remember, and I can tell you, there were others who thought it was too big. I remember a friend of mine actually saying to me one day, you know they don't hire local FDs, right? Mm. Eh? Not in a global company like this. He said, okay, never before. But they're going to certainly yet. hire me. Not yet. You know, so, so for me, there was no doubt. The only point at which I was doubtful about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go was already behind me from those younger years wow. when I didn't have that level of focus and the direction. And I think, you know, God put me on that path and yes. said, stay on that path. Yes. Least. That's the right path for you. And so even since then, I found that the, these blessings would come at me. You know, it's a blessing around you, don't Yes. As somebody did feel. Nice. And I feel that way even to this very day. So there's not a moment that I have regretted of having taken that decision to shift course. From Just for Dr. your friend Yanis them. From a friend them, but God know why they put me in that Absolutely. position. Absolutely. So, mm. so you just got the best business, just um, the best support. Yes. Um, uh, as a manager, managing yes. your three little people. Yes. Right? And three little people is enough people. If, you have, if you're even managing one person, it's mm -hmm. a lot. How far are you in terms of roles to the big boy, to finance director? So I had three more roles in between. And funny enough, I spent like two to three years in each role before moving on to the next. And I think those three roles were three defining roles in my career that took me to this Tell point. Tell me about them. So after my little team of three in um, the reporting team, in the reporting manager role, then somebody in the business decided that guess what we want to merge some teams to, so remember i tell you you have supply chain and you have the demand side of Correct. the business so somebody in diageo at the time which was the global company that owned red stripe said we don't want to have this split anymore we need to put the two together um and my fd at the time said to me yanice we want you to head up that team of finance people coming together on the financial planning and analysis. Will you be your FP&A manager? Were you like absolutely or, or did you have a moment where you were just going, me, you sure? Like, Mr. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, no. Then he said, you know me. 
You know me, eh? Tell me what you need me to do. I'm there. I will do it. I can do it. Eh? But that was me. I was always uh, at that point open. I knew again this was my path to something else. Yes. So it wasn't my end game, but I knew I had to grow in terms of my scope of responsibilities, mm-hmm. a bigger team. I knew that I could have an impact on the team itself, um, impact on people. I wanted to inspire just like I had been inspired before. So I knew it was the right next step for me. How many people did you, did you manage now? Lord, I, I had direct reports. I think I had three direct reports. And then under the three direct reports, they also had direct reports. Um, probably a, a team of 10 or, or something of, of that sort. Yeah. As you are climbing, and the reason why I ask isn't because you are a woman necessarily, but because I know the pressures that mm-hmm. are put on women as parents, mm-hmm. okay? Because I know typically when we interview men, men don't really get asked about balancing mm-hmm. fatherhood and CEO work or mm-hmm. fatherhood and management. But we also yeah. understand that there is this, this expectation as well as this pressure mm-hmm. uh, where, where women are expected to be the parents, whether yes. or not they're two parents or not. Yes. As you are climbing, mm-hmm. and as women, we are evolving as wives sometimes, if that's what we decide. Mm-hmm. And we are evolving as mothers mm-hmm. and homemakers. And as we are climbing the, the corporate ladder and the, the career ladder, the professional ladder, the demands mm-hmm. get more. Oh, yes. They get harder. Mm-hmm. How are you now managing everything because you're managing your profession with intention and you're going for the top of the top mm-hmm. but now you have other personal things growing with you how did that impact even you as a person wow um so so somewhere along this journey so far <laughs> i decided to have a, a daughter well I, I, I decided it had to be a daughter by the way so that's that's a Go girls, for me, go girls. Of words. <laughs> um, so yes, I was trying to manage both mm-hmm. my career journey and my life at home. And true story, I got married to someone who worked at Red Stripe. Yes. Because you spent so, so much, much time, time there. You're bound to develop relationships there. So I was married at that time to someone at Red Stripe. But one of the things that was very helpful for me was having a strong support structure. So I had great support from my team at work. Nice. I had great support from my line managers at work and the business partners who I worked with. And I had great support at home. So at that time, my my husband at the time, he would have been quite supportive as well. My mother, my cousins. So I'm an only child, but I grew up with lots of cousins. So, you know, it didn't, I didn't get the fortune of being spoiled. Oh. My mother N- neither was, did I, but I mean, yeah, but I understand as a teacher and principal. So I didn't have the luxury that would come with being an only yes. child or that people think come with an only child. Yes. But it also meant that I had a, a family that was nice. always there. The village. You know, that village to help me raise that child and still here today. And, and at some point, we, I guess we'll talk about when I didn't have that village around because yes. I was somewhere else. But uh, I think that helped you know, when you have people who are pushing you, who mm-hmm. believe in you as much as you believe in yourself, yes. it makes it easier to manage the challenges that come because challenges do come. Hmm. There are moments, you know, or were moments when we would work some ridiculous hours because, you know, you're submitting, for example, something on a UK timeline because you're part of a global company. But it means that you have to work the night before until it's done. Or you celebrate your holiday here, but it has nothing to do with your global um, counterparts because it's not a holiday on their side. So there's that as well. So you are now heading up. So you are two roles, two two more roles. Yes. All right. So talk to me. All right. So after the FPNA role, um, and that was under Diageo. At some point in that uh, role, Heineken came yes. and bought the company. So we sort of went to bed one night, Diageo employees, and woke, woke up, up the next morning, Heineken employees, and with our green blood running through our veins. Um, and then at some point, 
in that role, during that transition to Heineken, or after that transition to Heineken, rather, I got another call. Guess what? We want you to go into CBL. So that's our, our joint venture yes. between Red Stripe and Pepsi Cola Jamaica. And we want you to be the finance director in CBL. Now, at that point, CBL was seen as the, the outside child. <laughs> There's always, a, there's always a brand that's like an outside right? child, I promise you. So, so, so Celebration Brands Limited was that outside child that nobody even would be aspiring to go to because that's how, just how they saw the company. Right. It's people from Red Stripe and Pepsi that have gone over there. <laughs> and when they offered me that role, I said, of course I will go into CBL as the FD. Yes, I'm doing great in Red Stripe. Yes. yes, I'm doing a fantastic job as the FPA manager. But this is also part of my journey that I need to take so that I can go and have completely different stakeholders. I can New manage in a joint yep. venture that's 50-50, which means that that comes with its challenges in the boardroom and in the executive team to balance the expectations of two parent companies that could be going in two different Madness. directions at any point in time. But you're up for the challenge. But I'm up for the challenge because I know this is a part of the journey to finance director at Red Stripe. Local woman. That's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. And what was the, what was the experience like? You now moving, and I mean, mm -hmm. and, and certainly even though we know that you are a go-getter, we know that it had its challenges because there's always going to be challenges mm -hmm. the higher you climb. Yes. But now you are the finance director of CBL. Yes. What were your biggest learnings that you now took into the big role? Yeah. Again, some of the things that you learn even in the small role yes. is what helps you really in the big role. So you learn that you have to make connections with the people that you are now working with. So every time you walk through the CBL gate, take off your red stripe hat. That's not what you're there for. You're there in CBL for the people of CBL. Hmm. And I learned that very early because what would happen sometimes is that you could have these ongoing conflicts, people butting heads consistently because you know, you thinking for Red Stripe and you thinking for Pepsi. Correct. But really, it's for CBL. And any great decisions you make in CBL are going to be great decisions impacting your parent companies as well. So let's put on our CBL hats. Get to know the people you're working with. Mm -hmm. I had team members, some of which were coming from Red Stripe from before. And so I was quite close to some of them. And you would have then new people who I had never engaged with before that thought, oh, I'm sure she's coming in with a bias towards her red stripe Correct. people. That's something we had to mash down from very early and be very open with the conversation. So I talk a lot. Perhaps you can sense that or have no. sensed that from being with me before. <laughs> and so I would speak a lot to my team very openly. Yes. And I would share with them, I know that you are feeling this, but this is what I represent. This is what I am here for. I'm not here for one set of people. I'm here for us to work together towards mm -hmm. our common goals. And we establish together our ways of working. We want to target how we're going to do it. So oftentimes, a lot of the decisions about what I would do as a finance director were coming from the conversations I had with my team. And that you were willing to have. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And there were moments they would tell me, Yanis, this is not working. We don't appreciate this that you would have said or done. I also had to be open to receiving that feedback and acting on it so that people could see that, yes, I value what you have to say as well. And it's not just performative. It's because you actually do listen. And yes. if it makes sense, absolutely, absolutely. Let us see how it can work. Yes, yes. And I like when you say if it makes sense. Because there were also some things I didn't agree with. And I would have to have the conversation and say, no, I do not agree because of X, Y, and Z. Correct. And we have to then come to a mutual place where we align, even if we don't agree. Mm -hmm. We test something, we see if it worked together, and then we can say together, yes, it did work, or no, it never worked. We're going to change course. You know, but you have to be open to having these conversations with people who you value and respect. I, I think what is beautiful about you is understanding the value, understanding the worth, understanding that you are absolutely great at what you do, but also understanding that ego does not help you mm -mm. if you allow ego to lead you. Yeah. 
even though you are great, you can, even though you're confident and competent, you still have to be able to remove ego. Yes. To have meaningful, impactful conversations mm -hmm. that turn into meaningful outcomes. Oh, it's so and important. And I think that is what you do very well in terms of um, being a leader. Yeah. So how long are you there as finance director? And how long do you think you have to stay there before? Because you can taste it. It's yes. very, very close, but nothing is guaranteed. Yes. Talk to me about that. Yeah. The day. I don't know. The yes. moment. Yes. So, so remember, you know, I'm a girl. I have my paper already with what I plan to do. Yes. So everybody knows finance director. Is it for me? So I had said to them, what do I need to do so that you can look at me and see the finance director that I see when I look at myself? And they said, well, Yanis, we'll have to find you a role outside of Red Stripe that you must move into so you can learn and grow there before we could consider co you coming back mm -hmm. into Jamaica as the finance director. I said, well, wanna look for the role and give it to me because we're ready for it. <laughs> Was there any fear? Because mommy, mm -hmm. mommyhood, yes. you know, you're a partner. And yeah. the, the, the idea of now having to travel. And yeah. sometimes with these jobs, you know, it's two years, it's three years, it's not, yes. it's not a three month, <laughs> four month, little, you know, maybe uh -huh. I see you in two, two days. Uh -huh. It's years. It's yep. you uprooting your life. And, and how, how did that conversation happen? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, even if my partner is aware that this is your goal, yes. we don't always know how it's going to manifest and what the sacrifices might be. So, yes. How did you have that conversation in terms of, hey, if I really want this, mm -hmm. I might have to, no, I will have to, not yes, might, I, I will, will have, have to leave. Yes, it was just like that. So rewind a little bit into my time in CBL still. At some point, so I had divorced, gotten a divorce already mm -hmm. from my, my first husband or ex-husband. And uh, I then met Richard. Yes. And Richard and I are going along and baby, so this is where I had my second child whilst I was at CBL. While you're um, going for finance director. While I'm going for finance oh, director. Yes, yes ma'am. Right? And so I had Soleil while at CBL. I went off on maternity leave, but again, still having my conversations that I'm still looking for that next role. Correct. That is the role that bridges between where I am today and the finance director role. How important is it to still have those roles on maternity leave? How, how, why is it important for you to yeah. still remind people, yeah, especially at that time? It, and it comes back to, to something you alluded to earlier. As a woman, a lot of times we don't say with super clarity mm -hmm. what we are wanting for in that moment. And so people can start, start to develop this, oh, I don't think she want that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, she just have baby. No, sir. That, not know, that's not on our mind anymore. Um, she probably put that aside now, it's two kids, you know, she's not going to want to move again. Or, you know, her, her whole aspiration has changed, Correct. perhaps, for some reason, or priorities have changed. And so I had to make it very clear, no, my priorities are still balancing between my family and my, my career aspiration. And wherever I go, my family will go with me. So I'm not giving up my family right. to get You're not the choosing. job. I'm not choosing between the two. Both have to go hand in hand. So you accept this role mm -hmm. to go abroad? Yes. To where? All the way to Amsterdam. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> Not in yes. small foreign, but yes. big, 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 yes. big, big foreign. And the family? Yes. And, and the and village? At that time, um, Soleil was uh, perhaps seven months old. Or, and, but before that, they actually invited me for a day of interviews, conversations, as we call them. So I had to fly to Amsterdam one day whilst I was on maternity leave, have conversations all day the following day, and then fly back home the next day to my baby who was home waiting for me. Wow. And that was... Um, you'd say probably in the summer and I would not be able to start until September. And they said, Yanis, we will hold the role for you because you're oh, the wow. right person for the job. Oh, wow. Feel good, you know. <laughs> so then, um, of course, again, the conversation at home now with Richard and with Kaylee, you know, at that time, she's eight, nine years old. Yeah, she doesn't want to leave her friends, her grandma, her cousins. Um, why do we have to go? Can they just give you a job here? You know, those conversations were difficult ones yeah. to have. 
um, and then Richard moving halfway across the world, uh, you know, dropping what he's doing to do that to support me. Was there ever a feeling I mean, of guilt or, 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 or asking oneself, am I being selfish yes. by, by asking so much, yes. uprooting so many people for me, just this one person? And yes. how did you manage those conversations you were having, you know, with yourself? Yeah, there were those moments, um, indeed. Um, and it, was, it, it causes a lot of introspection mm -hmm. and then a lot of conversation as well with the people that you love because mm -hmm. you know they love you as well and they want to support your dreams. And you, you have to be very honest with them. Guess what? We're flying halfway across the world. I don't know what will happen, but mm -hmm. I, I think it ends well. It's a good story because it's something on the way to yes. something else so yes we're gonna go for three years but we're gonna come back home and re-establish ourselves yes and we will be throughout the process together and how was the process oh lord covid came so of all the time trust me we got there in september and we had all the wonderful thoughts about who's gonna come to visit and when we'll make the trips back home so we got there in september Jeez. flew back for christmas holidays thank god we made that decision and then went back in january and in march there was covid and it was lockdowns everywhere mommy couldn't come to visit anymore Jeez. friends who no had contact. trips planned couldn't come anymore and so we were just there the four of us in it with each other alone in a foreign country in a foreign country but you know we really developed some close friendships there as well Good. um so i'm thankful for that and even the people at work with me we're also, I mean, just today I was talking to one who I have developed a, a very good friendship with who is now still back in Amsterdam, yes. moving to Germany shortly. But, you know, it's that, again, that support system that's so important. Mm -hmm. Your family at home, your loved ones, keep them close. We would talk to our family back here. Thank God for digital. Correct. Um, thank you God have for Zoom, WhatsApp, you have WhatsApp video, all kind of things. And everything. So we use that a lot to stay connected. And we always had in our mind, this is temporary. Yes. Because we know what's waiting on the other Others. side. It's Oof. not guaranteed. But me know me put in the work. And me know me have the right conversations. And we know that persons know. would not have positioned you in yes. that manner for it to be a waste of time yes. i have two last questions for you mm -hmm. i want you to describe that priceless moment when you get the word that you have attained mm -hmm. what it is you had set out long before describe to me that priceless moment um wow i don't know if i can put it in words wow you know you work so hard for something you invest your time your energy you put your whole heart and soul into it and at the end of that somebody looks at you and tells you you have done it it is yours there's no feeling like that and that that can be in your career choices in your personal life there's no feeling of having invested all you had into something knowing what you wanted and then it's presented to you as yes job well done did it come as a phone call email, it was a zoom call what's up you know i want to know i want to <laughs> know a zoom call in those times eh? because of course you know still everything COVID, was still yes. kind of on zoom and i remember my my line manager at the time saying you know, the resource committee, because Heineken Global has a resource committee that talks about these kinds of decisions at that high level. And he said, you know, as a resource committee, we've decided you are the person for the job. Mr. Backside. I started to laugh. I laugh, I laugh, I laugh. I, you know, you didn't know what you to don't do. You know how to respond. But by then, my line manager had so, gotten so used to me being a laughaholic uh, that he, he just sat there in the camera smiling and waiting for me to finish how does it feel to make history how does it feel to make history as the first local first female finance director of such an iconic company it's amazing it's uh, top of the world it's a, a feeling that's not comparable i would think because um when people, when you value yourself and yes. then people value you as well. Hmm. Win, 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 I win, mean, win, win. What, what better feeling is there 
where do you go from here? Like, after you say, boom, we'll go for the top of the top, 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 hardest thing ever, mm -hmm. and you check it off, like, do you now reset and say, okay, what other things can I do? Mm -hmm. I mean, is there another redirection? Yes, yes. You, 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 you gather by now, I set goals. Yes, that you are. And I'm absolutely. very intentional yes. about the goals I set and how I will go about achieving them. But I'm also very open now. So yes. having moved out of Red Stripe into CBL, into Amsterdam and back, that helped me to realize that I don't have to stay where I'm planted and grow Amen. just there. Amen. I can expand, I can explore, Experiment. I can try new things, and I'm not afraid to step out in faith and do it. Beautiful. So I, I, I can't tell you no mm -hmm. what my next step will be, I can't but I can see. tell you that I've already written a couple things down and have thought to myself, Let's see which one I will go for. And we know from the moment you write it down, it is signed, seen, and delivered. <laughs> My last question to you, redirection. Yes. In your words, define it. Redirection. That is knowing for yourself what your end goal looks like in terms of what makes you happy, mm -hmm. um, where you will find the most pleasure and purpose mm -hmm. for your life, and knowing that the journey to that point, it can be windy, it can be straight, it can be up a hill and down again. <laughs> be ready for the journey and be willing mm -hmm. to make those moves in any direction that takes you, knowing where you want to end up in mm. that space later on that makes you happy. Yanis, yeah. gentles, you yes. said at first when you started off, you wanted to be Dr. Yanis. Gentles. Yes. How beautiful is it that I get to say, Yanis Gentles, first local female finance director of Red Stripe. It has been a pleasure having you in the redirection seat. Thank you for being so open. I think you've shared a lot of nuggets and gems for a lot of young women mm -hmm. who are in roles, who have an idea and maybe some know exactly what they want but they have not yet to intentionally say it mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. i think that uh the what you said today is going to resonate with so many and if you enjoyed the episode as much as i did i could have asked her three million more questions in fact <laughs> i want to ask Denise, do you want to be my business coach you know my mind coach my success coach my goal coach um if you found this episode as enlightening and as helpful and informative as I did, you know, go ahead, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to drop your comments mm -hmm. in the chat. Let us know what was your biggest takeaway. And that is, of course, if you're watching YouTube, if you're not and you're listening on the podcast, you know, let us see those reviews and let's get those ratings in because I think more and more people need to hear these amazing stories. So again, thank you for sticking and staying. Thank you for making it Redirection with Terry Carell. And we will see you guys next week. Take care. I should say cheers. Come here, Yanis. Cheers. Come on. Come now. <laughs>thanks to our partners mastercard heineken 00 toyota jamaica spaces commercial concepts bresche beauty brands by mds and go shore courier